This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live podcast, where we look at the strategies behind the world's best talent acquisition teams. We talk recruiting, sourcing, and talent acquisition. Each week, we take one overcomplicated topic and break it down so that your three-year-old can understand it. Make sense? Are you ready to take your game to the next level? You're at the right spot. You're now entering the mind of a hustler. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, it's William Tincup, and you're listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Today, we have Ryan and Michael on from Share Mobility, and our topic today is commuter benefits. And uh, I can't wait. I can't wait to talk about this because I have this funny story. Uh, about a year ago, uh, a friend of mine that was a recruiter, is a recruiter in the Bay Area, called me and basically said, "I need to find. I need to figure out synonyms for the word commute." And <laughs> and the bit was he would get to all the way through the process and get someone all the way to a yes, and then he'd say, "Hey, but you know the CEO." You got to be you know, two two days in the office, whatever the bit was, and then they drop out of the process. And so I can't wait to talk to y'all about uh, all kinds of things commute related. So why don't we do introductions first? Um, Michael, why don't you go first, then Ryan, and then one of you introduce uh, Share Mobility. Perfect. I'll jump in because I'll, I'll I'll let Ryan, our founder, give give the big message. But Michael Martin's uh, based in Columbus, Ohio. I am Share Mobility's chief growth officer. I've been with the company a little over three and a half years. William, great to be here. My name is Ryan McManus. I'm the CEO and founder at Share Mobility. Like Michael, I'm in Columbus, Ohio. And since 2016, I've been uh, building this company. And I think we're going to transform the way that people commute and get to work. So let's 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 uh, let's talk a little bit about Share Mobility so that everyone understands what it is, what it does. So very simply, we work with big companies and help them understand what employees need help with commuting. And we build turnkey transportation as a service programs to help those companies get their employees to work. We work with a variety of different types of companies, but most of them are manufacturing, logistics, or other organizations that have a large number of hourly workers. These are the individuals that are spending a large portion of their income um, on the commute or they're relying on public transit to get there. And for so many jobs, uh, about 86% of all companies in the U.S., there's no bus as an option to get there, especially if you're crossing a county line to get to work. And so we help companies understand how transportation is actually a huge barrier to them filling their jobs. And that if you can tell somebody that you have transportation for employees, you can get more people to say yes to the job and you'll retain those employees longer. It all happens on this software platform that we've built. It's a proprietary mobility as a service software platform, and it allows us to open up really efficient transportation services in any part of the country And we're really good at working with companies that are in rural areas and have a workforce that's coming from an urban area. Oh, I thought this. I I wrote down transportation as a service, but then you corrected it as mobility as a service. Either one works. Um, The reality is the, the HR person that we're talking to doesn't know or really care about either of those terms. That's right. What they should care about is that transportation is a way to fill jobs. Right. 
Right. And especially so the hourly workers, because, you know, and years ago, I think it was Google or Apple, I can't remember, but they were using buses to bus people that were living inside in San Francisco proper out to their complex, which was like, kind of seen as a perk, right? You don't have to worry about Uber. You don't have to rent a car. You don't have to do anything with a car. Like the bus is going to come by and you just get on the bus and the buses were plush. <laughs> I got on one. <laughs> I, I got on one at one point. I'm like, wow, <laughs> I, I, I picked the wrong profession evidently, but, uh, but it, it was, you know, it was, it was a nice experience, but I could see that on the high end, but what y'all have tackled it, which is wonderful is the kind of the inefficiency of talent uh, at, at at the at the hourly, uh, which which again, there's not a lot of applications. There's not a lot of folks that focus on the hourly as much as they do the corporate. So I love what you've done. This is fantastic. Thanks. Yeah, the you know things like the Google Bus have been around for a decade or more. They right. slowed down a little bit during COVID, but they're right. back up and running. But for companies in Middle America, they yeah. had never even thought about how to do this. You know, Google benefits, they've got two full-time mobility managers on staff, or at least they used to. And it takes a lot of resources to manage a plush charter bus program for your employees. We make that a really simple turnkey service so that the HR person doesn't have to become an expert on transportation to help their employees. Oh, it's like, you know, Michael, it's like the, the concept of transfer, transportation provided. Absolutely. You know, and, and it's funny you mentioned the, the Google bus, William. It's something Ryan and I have talked about. And what we're helping these companies with the hourly workforce really do through that turnkey model is implement their own version, right size, right, where they right. want to go, right? One, one of the unique things about the software platform that we've built is we get really granular with the companies. We, we map and visualize where their workforce is currently coming from. We look at population density data. We look at socioeconomic data to really help them laser focus in where their recruitment efforts are. And it, and it helps them recruit from distances they were not able to unlock previously. We have some routes that are 60 to 90 minutes long. They've been able to open up those markets by providing just that, right? Mobility as a benefit, taking away that commute for that hourly employee, putting that financial savings back into their pocket with what we see with you know the CPI right now it's you know up 9.1%. It's costing those families an additional roughly $500 a month. But you know our average riders across the country are saving a little over $5,000 a year. And if you're earning 15, 16, $17 an hour, that is a significant financial saving. So yeah, that's what you know what Ryan and I do. We really help educate these companies on the absolute benefit of, of the commuter benefits, introducing mobility. So let's talk a little bit about the roots, uh, Ryan. Um, you've, you, obviously, you've, you population density, you're looking at where the people are because it's, it's, it's interesting the, the parallel to hunger and food, right? So we make enough food in the world to feed everybody, but the food isn't necessarily where the people are. So we have poverty, we have people that die of starvation, et cetera, because we have a logistics problem. Uh, it's, it's a big problem. People die. So I get it. It's, you're solving a different logistics problem. There's talent over here and then in the next county, let's say, the town next over. You have talent over here, jobs over here. And so you're bridging the gap. Um, 
Uh, I want to get into the roots part and kind of how you help uh, how you help kind of visualize that for the for the HR leader or whomever you're, you're dealing with. Uh, and, and so take us into that part first. The, the problem you just pointed out is called a spatial mismatch. And it's right. that the people aren't where the jobs are and where the jobs are being created. They don't have enough people. Um, we see this time and time again, where you have very large facilities in tax abated real estate that's outside of the county where the employees are uh, living. And with almost no exception in the U.S., Anytime you cross a county line, there's no public transit that follows you there. There's very few exceptions of this. And it's, it's based on how public transit is funded and the, and the funding getting distributed to the county level and then requiring local subsidy to fill the gap in the budget. Well, there's just not enough dollars and they never want to see it cross the county line. So what we do is we start by having the company provide us their employee address data. This data gets fed into our software and we help the HR team map and visualize where their employees live. We overlay socioeconomic data, income data, and density to show them where do you already have a large number of employees coming from, where there are more employees that you could find. And we can predict which employees are likely to need transportation. And it's based on who's spending a 20% or more of their income on the commute. And that data and that, that we call it a commuter analysis, that's what we use to convince the companies that they have a problem and then to communicate with their leadership team why if solving this problem is going to help them fill their jobs. The, The routes get built by our software. We have virtual bus stops that are dynamically created to be a quarter mile or less than where employees live. So the employees are meeting up with their coworkers at a bus stop that's in their neighborhood. And the time they're choosing for the bus is, or or van is based on when they need to arrive to work. And so the, what, one of the big innovations of our software is that we get the rides to be booked and scheduled in advance. And we have workers booking months of transportation. And because we know all of that demand in advance, we can build hyper-efficient routes. Uh, The employees themselves, on average, save $5,000 a year versus the cost of driving. And if you were to... You're in Arlington, so they run a VIA service there with the Arlington that's an instant on-demand model. It's exactly like Uber and it requires vehicles and drivers to be out waiting for work. Right. Well, we can produce 30% more rides at the same cost because of the scheduling advantage of our software. And so it's, it's a fundamental shift in on-demand transportation where people are able to depend on something in advance. Uber you can't depend that that vehicle is going to be available for you in the morning. You can't depend that it's going to get you there on time. And in rural areas, you absolutely can't depend that there's going to be a vehicle waiting for you there at the end of your shift. That's right. That's so right. We handle all of that. I love that. And, and Michael, we're t- we've talked about it from a candidate perspective. Like this, this is a great way to recruit talent. But it's also, I would assume that when you're talking to the business, uh, you know, when you're talking to the, the C-suite and above, um, you're, you're, this is also a retention strategy uh, to, you know, for the employees that they already have, because in hourly work, 
you know, it's all a game kind of of, of turnover and churn, right? Attrition. So how do we keep the folks that we have? This is also, how do we recruit them? Check, got that. But it's also, how do we keep them? So is that, do I have that right? Without a doubt. This is absolutely not just a tool for filling jobs. It is a monster retention tool. You know, the, the manufacturing logistics companies that we work with see 30, 40, 50, 60% turnover. If you're at 50% turnover, that means every two years, it's a completely new set of faces. And, and the cost of recruiting, the cost of training and onboarding, and that, you know, that productivity ramp up, all are, are they're either direct costs or indirect costs that they can see on a PL. And you know, part of our process and that information gathering that Ryan was talking about, you know, we get that anonymous data, but then we also survey the workforce. You know, mapping and understanding where the workforce is coming from is, is kind of relatively new for our HR partners, but understanding the commuting behavior. We ask, how do you get to work? So we're able to break down from the employers, you know, 75% drive by themselves, 15% carpool, 5% take public transit. And then we start to talk to them about, you know, if your company offered this, would you be willing to, would you sign up? We ask direct questions, William, about, you know, if you took this, would you stay at this job longer? Would you refer friends and family? So we're really building that, filling up open jobs and that retention use case out of the gate. And I can tell you from the, you know, numerous companies we have programs with and we've done these surveys there is a, a high percentage that stay at jobs longer. Um, and also, you know, they become the recruitment tool for those companies by, by referring friends and family, because I'm sure they have a friend that might not have a reliable vehicle or might not want to commute that far. And if they can take that pain point away, uh, yeah, this becomes a monster retention tool on top of helping them fill their open jobs. I love this. You know, it makes so much sense. But, you know, uh, y'all have done this for a while, so you, you, you've run into some walls. I, I, I understand. <laughs> I would only understand. What objections, uh, Ryan, what objections do people give you? Well, I mean, it starts with we've never heard of this. We've yeah. never done this before, right? <laughs> so, so they it's really need yeah. And um, yeah. who needs it? You know, sometimes... Uh, well, really consistently, everybody knows that they're a they have a transportation problem, but the HR departments often don't collect the data on it. And some of that is for good reason, like they're not allowed to know who owns a car or not. And so they, they also don't really track the turnover as it relates to transportation. So, you know, they don't understand what commuter benefits are. They don't necessarily know who might need it. And then the third is really like, this is a cost that they don't cover today. This is not an expense. And that's where I, I think they, we have to help them understand that they're already paying for the commute. It's just happening inefficiently, individually, and post-tax. And so they're already paying for it. It's just they don't see it as a line item. Right. I would assume that, uh, Michael, I, that they probably see it as an operations issue, not an HR issue. Yeah, you know, there there is a little bit of where does that, you know, responsibility fall into, right. you know, who owns this problem? But, you know, where we found success is really working with both the operations mm -hmm. and the HR side, right? The operations are the ones that, that, feel the pain of being 20, 30% open on jobs, the turnover and lack of productivity. 
because the ops are really the team that has that KPIs that they need to drive to, um, you know, and HR helps them recruiting. So a lot of our conversations that we have, William, we bring HR and ops in and, you know, we kind of talk bluntly like, hey, this is a problem you both share, but we can help solve it. It is kind of a little bit of that hot potato um, at a company, but through the data analysis, we're able to perform the survey data we're able to get. Ryan, myself, and our team are able to, to articulate the value proposition, um, articulate the ROI, because from there, it obviously goes to finance to bless. Right. Um, but yeah, we, we, we've learned that quickly, as you said, kind of hitting that wall. We've learned we have to bring those decision makers and stakeholders into those conversations as early as possible, because they both win when we're able to fill jobs and help them retain their talent at a higher rate. A dumb question alert for both of you. Is tax credits for something like this? Is that a thing? Yeah, so we qualify as an IRS pre-tax benefit. And just right. like health insurance, up to $270 a month can be paid pre-tax out of the employee's paycheck for share mobility. Oh, um, cool. There, I was, I was also thinking like from a state or federal level, if there's tax credits that the company could get, for utilizing the service not yet but we're definitely working on it all right because <laughs> that would also be an i mean if if that were there that'd also be an additional sell i mean an additional way to go in and just say hey by the way you're also going to save some money this totally. other way i mean most states will save about 50 cents per mile that we can eliminate yeah. so to, to reduce commuting has a direct benefit to states and it's one of the reasons why I think uh, they should be creating some incentives for the companies that are doing this. Yeah, it, it totally makes sense. And you got me there because you said, listen, when we do this analysis, we find out that th this person's writing, uh, you know, singly, this person's writing is they're They live, you know, a block from each other and they're both not carpooling. Maybe they don't know that they're both live that close to each other, et cetera. But it just seems like, okay, less cars on the road. <laughs> this totally. seems like a good idea. Uh, um, so, uh, so yeah, I love that. Um, so, so again, when you're, when you're working with larger companies, do you ever get into or talk to the benefits people or total rewards folks? Definitely. We Michael, do. Why don't you touch on that? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, great question, William. You know, benefits, compensation, human resources, mm -hmm. operation, uh, we're seeing more and more diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, you know, it's sometimes it's a little different by company in terms of, you know, maybe they were Google searching this or they've heard from, you know, they've seen an article we've written. So it's sometimes a mix by company, but, uh, you know, that's kind of part of that coalition I was talking about earlier, trying to get all the decision makers and stakeholders um, in on some of the conversations. But, you know, sometimes it is different per company we work with because of where that responsibility falls. So, a year from now, Ryan, if we're having this phone call, what's similar or different for both the category uh, of mobility as a service, but also specifically share mobility? Well, I hope a year from now we're talking about how there's really universal awareness of what commuter benefits are uh, with HR professionals and that we're starting to get employees that are asking for transportation when they're going out and seeking their job. 
for us, from a technology perspective, we're going to be going deeper into integrations with the HR and payroll systems so that companies are able to scale what we're doing and take it across the country. Um, our objective is, you know, like Google, we were talking about earlier, Google only does this in the Bay Area. They right. don't do it in Ann Arbor and other places. And so we want to be able to help companies replicate commuter benefits across the country um, and make it something that's as common as health insurance in their company. I love it. Michael, any pardon, parting thoughts? Yeah, I think, you know, the to, to the next year, we're, we're ready to see, um, you know, continued growth. We're active in about 15 states right now. Um, but yeah, you know, I think, I think what, what Ryan and I are building here in the power of scheduled transportation um, and just that positive impact to the companies, filling open jobs, um, helping retain their talent, and then, you know, at the state and local level, right, we're reducing single occupancy vehicles, yep. we're, you know, helping CO2 emissions by pulling yep. those vehicles off the road. So, you know, there's just a great kind of social mission behind what we're doing as well. But, but uh, yeah, it, it, excited to be on the podcast, William, and definitely yeah. thank you for the uh, opportunity. 100%. Guys, this is wonderful. I absolutely love what you've built. And it's, it's, not a, it's not a solution searching for a problem. This is actually a real problem. And I love that you're, you're tackling it. And I wish you all the best. Thanks so much for having us. Absolutely. Great conversation. And thanks for everyone listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live Podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at Recruiting.